Amy, on this podcast, we try to always offer useful takeaways. And if you learn nothing else from us, learn this useful parenting lesson by Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 are the ultimate parent hack, the best diaper to use as soon as your baby starts standing or walking. Instead of ordinary diaper tabs, they have a unique 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your wild child. Pampers Cruisers 360 makes it so easy to change your baby. Who probably doesn't stop moving just because they need a diaper changed? Just slide on to apply and away they go. And fear not, parents. Pampers Cruisers 360 offers an up to 100% leak-free fit, and they just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we say more? For Trusted Protection Trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupons, savings, and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fresh Take from What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret, and today I am talking to Kate Casey. She is the host of Reality Life with Kate Casey, one of the highest rated podcasts on iTunes and devoted to unscripted television. Three times a week, she interviews talent, directors, producers, and hosts of television's most popular reality shows, docu-series, and documentaries. Her show has been regularly featured in Newsweek, Time, People, Us Magazine, BuzzFeed, Cosmopolitan, Mary Claire, Daily Mail, and more. Welcome, Kate. So nice to have you on. Thank you for having me. So happy to be here. Kate is also a mom. We are a parenting podcast. So as we pivot to reality (laughs) TV, we should mention you have very many children. How many children do you have? I have five kids. Yeah, that is a tremendous amount of children. (laughs) But it's weird because I don't ever feel like that. Like if I see somebody else's Christmas card, I might tend to think, oh, that's a lot of kids. But if I look at mine, I always feel like there's somebody missing. It doesn't seem like that much to me. That's exactly because when I was prepping for the episode, I saw a picture of you and it does look like a gigantic amount of people in the whatever family photo I was looking at of you. Yeah. But five is it's an above average amount of children. Well, I would say that people definitely treat me like I'm in a polygamous cult. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's without question. And the question inevitably is, are you Catholic? Yes. Or are you Mormon? And my answer is always, I'm an Episcopalian baby hoarder. <laughs> there you go. That's it. I wish people would start with, are you in some sort of strange polygamous cult? Because that's where my mind goes to. Yes, I do agree. People who watch a lot of docu-series, as you and I do, our mind immediately goes to, this woman seems trapped in a polygamous cult when she has that many children. <laughs> so what brought you to reality television? What brought you to this interest I think it predates the real world marathon that I watched one weekend home from a boarding school. I think that innately, I'm a very curious person. I have a superior recall for details about people. So I was the kind of kid that sat on the floor of my mom's bedroom and would flip through her 1963 yearbook and ask her questions about all the kids (laughs) in her class, which I'm assuming is not a typical thing. I would ask her questions like, what were their parents' names? What street did they live on? What were the other names of the kids? And when you went back for their reunion, were they still married? Did they still live in the area? What job did they have? Were they upset that their boyfriend uh, married the other girl in your class? So I've always just been fixated on stories about people. So I just loved television too. And I felt like it was such great escapism. I didn't come from the greatest family uh, Mm -hmm. fabric, if you will. My parents were divorced 
long before I could remember. And my mom had remarried and my stepfather did not want us in his house. So my mom found the school called the Milton Hershey School, which was created by Milton Hershey, the chocolate founder. Oh, yeah. I've been there at Hershey. Yeah, I took the tour of Hershey and I went there. Yes. Well, he and his wife never have children. So and he had no family left over. So the question was, what do I do with my fortune? So he told the New York Times when asked what will happen to your massive fortune, he said it's going to the boys of the Hershey Industrial School, which was the school he created for orphaned boys. And in 1976, he changed the deed of trust to accept girls. He had long passed away since then. But the school today has about, I think, 2,800 students, maybe. It's K through 12, and you have to be needy financially and emotionally. So imagine a kid like me who is fixated on people's stories. It was wonderful because we lived in student homes and mine had 16 girls and they all came from different walks of life, life, religions and cultures and traditions and rituals and areas of the country, if not the world. I had one roommate who was from smuggled out of North Korea. I had another friend whose parents both died of cancer. So it was just amazing because I would just sit and ask them questions all day long about their parents and you know where they grew up. So then I went on to college and I studied political science and thought that I would, you know, run for office, but I ended up doing media consulting for global law firms for many years. But I also had this pang for entertainment and storytelling. So I started on the side writing very funny recaps of Real Housewives and other reality shows, but like fan fiction where I would invent additional conversations that didn't happen. <laughs> right. And from there, I was asked to go on podcasts. And then I this was years to six years ago. And I thought I could definitely do something like this. And using my background in interviewing because of my job in media consulting, I combined my love of reality TV and with interviewing. So my pitch to elevator pitch was to the network was, I'd love to track down people that were on reality shows and change them how it changed the trajectory of their life. And I structured each episode like a TV show with an opening and closing and then two guests. So on the front end, an interview with somebody who had experienced being on a show. And then the other segment was a review of a show, sort of like a love letter to reality TV. And as time went on, I expanded it to unscripted because I've always loved documentaries too. So the short answer is I'm obsessed with people. I remember everything they tell me and I am utterly fascinated by the human experience. And I... I'm always baffled when people look down on shows that are maybe a reality television driven because I think you can learn so much about who you are and the people around you by taking a look at the way that someone else looks at life through their own lens. It's fascinating because in prepping and thinking about this question, I really thought that your answer was going to be like, oh, you know, like everyone, I love reality TV and I dove into it. But you actually grew up in a reality TV show, fundamentally, like group setting, yeah. different people. Like what happens if you put a bunch of students in a house and they have to get along? Like you basically grew up in the real world. Well, that's why when I watched the real world, I was like, oh, that's like Milton Hershey School. Absolutely. Yeah. And so there's a part of me that's always has this pang to get that experience back. Mm-hmm. Like I was interviewing Garrett McNamara, who is in 100 Foot Wave. He's this big wave surfer in this incredible HBO series. If you have children, I beg of you to have your kids watch. It's so good. It's about six episodes. And he is the person that put Portugal's big wave surfing on the map. So it's his journey over six episodes. And his family goes with them. And it's really inspiring. But he was talking in an episode about being in the center of a wave and how you know, you're at one with yourself and nature and all these things. And he keeps getting injured because he keeps going back to the wave. 
much like Tony Hawk keeps going and trying to get the big turn, you know, on the half bite. Right. And I was interviewing him and I said, you know, I kept getting mad at you every time you went back to the wave, but then I thought about it. And I was like, that's how I think about childbirth. Like I keep going back for that moment. And I feel like that way about Milton Hershey. Like I'm always trying to go back there. I'm trying to go back to that place where I can sit in a room with different kinds of people and figure out why they are the way they are, like how they tick. And like a great example of a great reality show is The Shaws of Sunset, which is a show on Mm -hmm. Bravo about Persian Americans in LA. And I think some people may flip through and go, oh, that's just a bunch of people screaming at each other. But they had one season where, you know, they're all the children of family members that left Iran. And so they can't go back to Iran. So they took them to the border of Turkey and Iran. And they're standing there and they're weeping and they're thinking of like their family members and what they left behind. And it was this profound moment. And if you think about it, there are so many people who are watching that show who've maybe never met anybody that was from Iran, have no idea what their cultural traditions are. And in that moment, they're like, I can understand that because my relatives left Ireland or they left wherever in the world. And suddenly... Those cast members don't seem like strangers. They feel like you know them. And that when you come across something that has the root of a story based in Iran, you're like, I know people because I've watched that show. Because ultimately, people, whether you watch the real world or real house or whatever, you watch them and you feel like I know them. I know them. So they're almost shocked when they're in public and people come up to them. But it's because they feel so connected to them. Yeah. Because they're really, they're airing their personal business in a way an actor in a movie or a scripted show never ever will. Yeah. And I think it speaks to one thing that I like about your podcast is that it does come from a, like an almost anthropological, but very loving place. Yeah. And it really has that it doesn't. And I listen, I enjoy podcasts that kind of goof on reality TV, too, because there is something <laughs> about reality TV that's extremely amusing and funny. But yeah, you take a very a much more anthropological approach and a learning approach. And we talk a lot about on this podcast, we interview people from all over the spectrum of parenting. And when we started doing that, we were a little worried that like, well, but is this useful to you if you don't have a kid with special needs? Is this useful to you if you're not an immigrant raising American children? Is this useful to you if you're not a black mom trying to figure out that experience? Right. And the universality of motherhood and that experience, it's like you take someone else's lens to really learn something about yourself. And I feel like oh, that's the I lens you bring to reality TV. Yes. And I try to mix, I have three episodes a week. And the first episode of the week is like, this is what you have to watch this week. And I give people a list. Like, these are the things you cannot miss. And I'm calling from all different networks. And don't worry, we'll be doing some of those friends. We'll be listening. (laughs) You need to watch. But it's good too, because I do have a lot of couples that will say, like, we cannot come to an agreement on something to watch. Right. And so I feel like I'm bringing people together. And there, I get such an enormous enjoyment when someone goes, I would have never watched that. I loved it. And now I'm fascinated. And I went down this rabbit hole. Like there's one show that's really great for kids called Expedition Unknown. Oh, I don't know it's it. On, it's like National Geographic Discovery, but it's this anthropologist by the name of Joshua Gates. And he goes to different parts of the world. Like, And one episode he'll explore like, what happened to Cleopatra's tomb? So if you're a child that lives in, you know, a small town and maybe your parents can't afford to travel all over the world, like most people, 
you know, it's a really cool experience. And you like that host and you feel like I know him, you may never meet him, but it's like he's exploring the world for them and taking them along for the ride. So I think people kind of box put reality TV or unscripted in this box. And the truth is, it is so wide. Vast. Yeah, it is so vast, all the different options. And I mean, so many different categories. We started figuring that out in the beginning of the pandemic, because before the schools started telling us how to teach our kids, there was a couple of weeks where we were just free for alling. And one of our rules was you have to watch one documentary a day. And we started with like, you know, whatever it was, like these very high end documentaries. And by week two, it was like surfing dogs. We'll count it. We'll allow (laughs) it. There's something to learn from surfing dogs. Like there's a guy who has to teach the dogs how to surf. There's a whole story. And yeah. we got into Izzy's koala world for a while, which is like... Love a, that one, too. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, the little girl who raises koalas. And it's not all necessarily super highbrow, but there's something to be learned from people and their experiences. Yeah, plus you know, your kids are like, I know, they want to look at the map and they want to know where Australia is. And then they're interested in like... What are kangaroos and the animal family and all those things? So, or what, gosh, what would it be like if we lived in a rural area and we weren't watching YouTube? Like we were just taking care of animals. So yeah, I think all of that stuff is so important and very cool. I want to dial in a little bit more on this highbrow, lowbrow idea when we get back. (laughs) I'm talking to Kate Casey, the host of Reality Life, and we'll be right back. Margaret, exciting news. I am about to have a new baby nephew And believe it or not, this will be my 13th nephew. Amy, you're ready to give up your amateur status. You're a pro (laughs) aunt at this point. Our family has seen a lot of babies. And as soon as they start standing or walking, I send them all a whole lot of Pampers Cruisers 360. Pampers Cruisers 360 don't have ordinary diaper tabs. Instead, they have a unique 360 degree stretchy waistband that moves with your newly mobile little one. Pampers Cruisers 360 offer a gap-free fit that is up to 100% leak-proof, crucial once your baby is quite literally up and at them. And that gap-free fit helps prevent your baby from taking off their diaper, a habit you do not want them to get into. You can say that again. And Pampers Cruisers 360 just got even better with a new blowout barrier. Need we even elaborate on the need for that, friends? For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Hello, Hellions. You know we listen to a lot of podcasts that aren't our own. And today we want to tell you about a podcast that really speaks to us and will speak to any parent of a child with special education needs. The podcast is called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. One of my kids has an IEP, and I found this podcast so validating and so helpful. I feel better equipped to 
advocate for my child's educational needs now. This podcast is helpful for parents in many different situations, whether your child already has an IEP or you're just starting to wonder if they might need extra support in the classroom. Juliana has content for kids of all ages and for kids who are learning English as an additional language as well. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Okay, we're back. So, is there an importance to you in the distinction between highbrow reality TV and lowbrow? Like, are, is that even a metric that you think of? I would maybe say that, like, you know, the Kardashians is lowbrow and the super learny documentary is highbrow. Yeah, I think that there are Kardashians to me is like where you want to go for escapism, where you it's like a long week, it's been really trying, and you just want something soft and soothing for your brain. We say whipped cream in a ball. It's like, it's easy to take in. Yeah. Yeah. It's just easy to take in. And, you know, there are some that will go, oh, it doesn't make me feel so great about myself because it's so over the top. And But you have to just change your programming. Like you have to think, this is a show about a group of sisters and their mother, and they're navigating how to raise kids in like a very, you know, connected family in Los Angeles. Like, you got to get rid of all the noise and go back to like what the simple at the core what it is. So I would say there are shows that I think it's like easy listening. Yacht Rock. Right? Like a selling sunset. You're not going to watch that and think these are real people. This is like exaggerated versions of people who want to be TV stars. So put that on that shelf where that is. Some shows are far too depressing for me to watch. Like Love After Lockup, I can't really endure that long because I just feel like, where are we moving with this story? Where are the solutions? What's going on? But And then, of course, I have things that like are locked in my brain for weeks, you know, stories. And I'll often even do a follow-up on that if people are really interested in them because they just yeah. gnaw at you. Like one I'm doing... Tomorrow that comes out, it's a Netflix documentary called Our Father about Dr. Donald Klein, who was a fertility specialist in Indianapolis, Indiana. And over 40 years, he was using his own semen. He impregnated the ladies, right? Yes. Yeah. So I, I interviewed one of the um, his offspring. Who f- she kind of unraveled the whole story. So like that story will stay with me for a long time. So I mean, that's that's a little bit more intense and you know, you're going to have to like really kind of invest in listening to that, but, or watching that. But yeah, of course it's a shelf. You have to put things in their places. We were just talking to Mary Laura Philpot, who wrote a book called Bomb Shelter that's about living with anxiety as a mom. And one of the things that we came to in our conversation is that this kind of goof on moms that like, oh, we watch true crime and all these like murder shows. And, you know, we like watching people getting murdered in documentaries that, Free-floating anxiety needs to find a place and that watching sometimes like these horrific crime shows or whatever it is, it's very soothing sometimes because it gives all of your kind of free-floating like Mm -hmm. terror a place to go for a little while. Like you can put it on the like Dateline murders for a little while and take it off of yourself. I agree. And I think that if you have, you know, a child that has special needs, or you have a child that is struggling socially, that you don't always have the answers. And that if you watch true crime, in your own mind, it's your own way of like controlling something like, yes, I'm going to figure out the solution to that, because I can't do that right now with that those things. It's just moving the plates around a little bit. Exactly. I know when the husband doesn't ask how the wife died, 
when the police first come to him, he's guilty. He did it. I'm like, oh, he did it. He didn't ask. He didn't ask. (laughs) So true. I'm pretty much an at-home detective. There's so many of those ones, too, that you got to stay with you. Like Murder on Middle Beach is a great one on HBO if people like true crime. Oh, that was a good one. I don't sleep on any true crime documentaries. <laughs> like I'm all and people are like, have you heard of this one? I'm like, I guarantee you I've listened to it. Murder on Middle Beach was a good one. And it had a lot of you got to go two episodes in because the first episode, it feels like you've got it figured out. And then the second episode, I love that a whole nother plot comes in that you just do not see coming. No, I love that. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. That one stayed with me a long time. What else do we have in the category of crime docuseries? Staircase? Staircase. And I just interviewed Diane Fanning, who wrote the book on the case, and she was in the courtroom. The book was optioned for the scripted series. So she and I talked. Okay. We went real deep on the staircase. One that stayed with me was A Wilderness of Error is about the Jeffrey McDonald case, which of course you know. So I go to my Facebook group. It's Reality Life with Kate Casey, if anyone wants to jump in. And I said, I'm going to be doing an interview with the director or executive producer of A Wilderness of Error, which is based on the Jeffrey McDonald case. And two women jump in and they say, one says, oh, Jeffrey McDonald is our family friend. I grew up with him. The other woman said, my father was the first military police officer at Fort Bragg. I said, do you think he'll talk to me? And she said, well, I could ask him. So I, his name's Bob. I get him on the phone and I interview him. He told me, my friends don't even know that this happened to me. Like I've kept it quiet. The only time I've ever seen a lot of those police officers again was when I went, he went to testify. So anyway, we're like, we're talking through it in the interview. But when I talked to the executive producer, I said, oh, I talked to you know Bob. And he's like, how the hell did you find that guy? But it was because of the women in the crew. You know, I do think that because of the gigantic proliferation of true crime stuff, there is some like voyeuristic stuff that goes on and some sort of like there is a way in which we delight in other people's murders, which I think actually is forgivable. And as I said, it's an outcropping. I think that's something people have always read scary stories and told scary. I mean, my kid does campouts and the first thing they do is try to scare each other with scary stories and that there is some human need in that but I think it is helpful to refocus a little bit on the victims the victims and some meaning behind the story beyond just like this is gonna creep you out because it actually happened to some actual people I always try to do that is like reframe it like let's just talk about the ramifications of this and who the people are that survived it What else are we missing in the crime docu? What do you recommend? Okay. There's a really good one that just started last week. It's on Apple TV Plus, and it's called The Big Con. This guy was featured on a 60 Minutes with Steve Croft, and I remember watching it and going, what a weirdo. It's almost like he's a Christopher Guest character in like a (laughs) mockumentary. So he was this like rinky-dink Kentucky lawyer who specialized in social security cases. Okay. And they noticed that this area in Kentucky under the direction of this lawyer, he got a ridiculous amount of cases pushed through with expediency. What happened was he had brokered this deal with a judge and they had scammed the Social Security Administration out of $550 million. Wow. It's bananas. But the whole story behind this guy, like he was married 16 times. Like his life is just like, what? At one point he opens a brothel in Thailand and you're like, 
I did not see that coming. (laughs) Where are we now? And then they show the footage when Steve Croft goes to interview him in the parking lot of his like law offices. And most people walk away. They're like, I don't want to talk. He's like, hey, Steve. Like, No, they're like, they put the folder out of their face and they're like, I got to go. No, he's like, oh, good. Glad you're here. I got something to say. (laughs) So that one is really good. I think that's just like financial scam stuff makes me laugh too. I agree. And financial scams, you don't have any of the like slight shadow of like, "Eh, well, this really happened to people and it's making me a little sad. Like financial scam stuff is, although I just watched Bad Vegan and that one is actually kind of depressing. Yeah. And I liked the Theranos stuff too. That was fascinating to me. I did the book, the podcast, the documentary and the fiction. I'm like, I'm so deep in. I could be an expert witness. Well, this is good. You're going to like this. I interviewed employee number five at Theranos. Oh, I listened to that episode, of course, because I'm all Theranos all the time. Did you like the story about the hole underneath her sweater in her armpit? And Unbelievable. Tell that to people who are not quite as Theranos crazy as me. Okay, so I interviewed employee number five, and she was so funny because she talks about the early days of Theranos, which are great. And so she would travel all over the world with Elizabeth. And the one thing that she told me that I could not get over is that, you know, you see Elizabeth in the outfit because she was obsessed with Steve Jobs, like the turtleneck and the pants. But what I did not get was that she only had one pair. And I said this to my husband. He was like, well, yeah, duh. I'm like, no, she only owned one turtleneck and one pair of pants. No, it's super weird. You picture the closet with them all lined up, all the turtlenecks and all the, right. It makes no sense. But you know what's so interesting is like how one thing about somebody says so much about who they are. Yes. Oh, that's so true. And that's what I'm always going for in all these interviews or watching all these things. I'm like, What's the one thing that's going to tell me everything? Like, I remember I I was listening to this interview with a girl and she was talking about she had lost her fiance in some accident. And she said, he would always get mad at me because I would use three towels in the morning, one for my body, one for my hair and one for the floor. And I'd never pick it up. And I was like, you are a monster. <laughs> you are a mo- Who uses three towels in the morning? Yeah. But that says so much of who you are. Right. It tells us a lot. There's a Hoop Dreams, which was an oldie locks documentary, amazing basketball documentary. But there's a scene where I can't remember a famous basketball player comes to visit them. And the little kid, I come from like acting and writing. And the little kid who's being featured is meeting this hero basketball player. And as he's talking to him, he's taking his shirt and like pulling it up almost up over his head and back down again. It's such a weird thing to be doing. Like he's almost taking his shirt off and back on. And I'm like, that's exactly what a kid would do in that situation. And no actor would ever think to do that because it's so bizarre because people are much more bizarre than we give them credit for. And that's what's fascinating about real people. That's so true. All right. We're going to come back and talk even more. We're going to move to like the juicy, what do you call them? unscripted shows. It's We're getting away from like docuseries and we're getting into the meat of it. We'll be right back with Kate Casey from Reality Life. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used hero bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty-calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero-gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber, while 
still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different Different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. More and more, you hear about the importance of electrolytes as part of staying hydrated because you need the sodium and the potassium, not just the water. And whether you're looking to hydrate during a workout, while traveling, or at the end of a long night, Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes have got you covered with over 65 trace minerals, seven essential vitamins, and coconut water powder. Crisp and refreshing and without any sugar, this is hydration powered by Sports Research. They're little packets you can just grab and take with you to mix into your water bottle on the go. My favorite flavor so far, Amy, gotta be the cherry pomegranate. Interesting. My high schooler likes the lemon lime, and she keeps a few handy in her backpack for days that she has practiced after school. These electrolytes have the sodium and the potassium that you need to go with it in the optimal ratio for daily hydration. Visit sportsresearch.com and use code WHATFRESH at checkout for 50% off your purchase of Hydrate. That's sportsresearch, S-P-O-R-T-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H, sportsresearch.com, and use code WHATFRESH for 50% off your Hydrate electrolytes order. Okay. These I sometimes call my secret shame shows when my husband walks in. I'm like, I'm watching my secret shame shows. Please leave me alone. And he knows that he has to leave <laughs> because I do love The Bachelor, all of The Bachelors. I am, again, like a student. I mean, I could teach a college level course in The Bachelor <laughs> Pat. No, I didn't watch Bachelor Pat and I didn't watch the one where they were like, where were they meeting people from overseas? or Winter Games. Didn't watch it. Winter Games. Oh, that was good. Okay. What's the one where they go to the beach with all the crabs? Bachelor in Paradise and Bachelorette. I'm all up to date. Love them. Yeah. Can't say enough about them. Who's your favorite Bachelor? Oh, do you know what? Charlie O'Connell. He was so funny. Brother of Jerry O'Connell. Yes. That's an old one. That's from back in the day. 
It's an old one, but oh my God, he just like was making fun of the whole thing. And I just thought it was, he was breaking fourth wall before they broke fourth wall. And I thought he was so funny. I thought Andrew Firestone was perfect. He had the lineage. He had the looks. He had the charm. You could tell he was like golfing with Chris Harrison on the side. It's funny how it went from a show about like extremely desirable men with famous names to like, here's a guy who lost last time. Like, it's funny that they made that pivot and nobody noticed. And no one cared. We were like, yes, these are 25 women (laughs) fighting over a pharmaceutical sales rep from like Dayton. Like, what is happening in our lives? Totally. Who was he was a horrible person to all the other contestants. Right. Now let's have other ladies fight over him. Yeah, yeah. Let's have all the yeah, I do find that interesting. But why am I so into it? Why do I find myself sitting there being like, this is how I would land him? Like I have a whole strategy going in my own head. I think so. I'm in. I'm all in. I'm not really watching it from like a snotty distance. I'm like, mm, okay. He's very hot. I like him without the shirt. This is what I would I would play this. Have you ever read the book How to Win the Bachelor? No. I wrote the book, How to Win the Bachelor, in my mind. (laughs) You need to have the co-host of Game of Roses pod on your show. Oh, I love the pod. I listen to it. So they wrote the book, How to Win the Bachelor. Okay. And it is the absolute funniest read. And they have acronyms for everything. It's like personal tragedy card is PTC. Like you have to know when to use it. Nice. They have a whole algorithm to how to win it. And in fact, they've been privately counseling contestants and one of them was a finalist. So like they Amazing. have like the greatest inside scoop. But the book is the best summer fun read. I mean, you read it in like an hour and a half at the beach. It's so good. Oh, I will be picking that up. My husband and I, personal tragedy card is a funny thing across <laughs> reality shows because we were watching, I think The Voice, it was one of the singing shows. Oh yeah, I like those. And the contestants kept being like, well, you know, my grandmother shot me and it was hard because I had to recover and then she died. And my mom had like, you know, eight different kinds of cancers. And then this girl, they interviewed her and she was like, last year, my great grandmother died. And my husband was like, you got to do better than that. Like your great grandmother died. That is unacceptable. Like you've got to dig a little deeper. I know. Yeah. Like that's it. Like you're not deserving of the show. Do you remember the app Clubhouse? It was like for a hot minute. Yes. Talk to each other. Yeah. It was like a live podcasting kind of. Yeah. It was like like live audio, but I kept thinking The Bachelor is trickled into Clubhouse because when a lot of people would introduce themselves, you have to say, you would introduce yourself. So say, hi, my name is Mary Jane. And then you'd like, somebody would talk for like two minutes with their introduction and they'd say things, something like, my name is Mary Jane. I'm host of Pancakes and Waffles podcast and I'm a recovering alcoholic. And at one point I would take 25 pills a day, but now... I'm teaching women to find their best life. And you can read my book. If you go to Amazon, it's called Flapjacks and Dreams. And you're like, what the heck just <laughs> happened, Mary Jane? Like, wait, are we serious? Like, well, that's a lot. That's a lot to process. And I blame The Bachelor because, you know, you're not that interesting of a contestant. Or the on Real Housewives, like, you better bring some baggage because you're not going to stay. Yeah, you got to bring something. It's fascinating. No, because what's interesting about Real Housewives is exactly right. Like people fancy themselves to be a nice person. And there's always the Real Housewife who comes on and she's like, I'm just going to be nice. I'm not going to get involved in the drama. And either they get fired or they the next week are like, I never liked your ugly kid's face. Your baby is disgusting. (laughs) They like they go from like, I'm going to be the nice person to like, I am the most hideous 
That was um, Kelsey Grammer's wife, Camille. Oh, yeah. The trope is always like, I just want to, you know, I want to hear everyone's their side of the story. Just here to make friends. Yeah. And I just want to hear and just be objective. And then what happens is meme culture is like, you're boring, fire them. And they get a little drug. It's a drug. Fame's a drug. And they're like, I want to stay on here. So I will be diabolical and I will rip hair out if I have to. Make it happen. Now, how do we keep up? I often say, like, we live in troubled times. There's war, pandemics. It's a horrible time to be alive. But we are lucky enough to be alive during the time of Real Housewives. Like, that's the gift (laughs) to me. Like, (laughs) these magic days where, like, we are watching Erica get bankrupted. I mean, what did I do to live during these times? It's a miracle. But I do find, like... I actually cannot keep up with nine different. I have to make choices. I have to set some free. You have to. But also that's the beauty of a DVR is that you save that for a rainy day and just binge them all. I think the burden of the cable network is like we make a Real Housewives. We have one episode a week and people kind of forget about it because people really dig just binging. They just want to watch the whole thing in like a weekend. And if you watch like four episodes where it's just like Heather's party, there was a small fight, like it doesn't bother you when you're binging it. But when you watch one and that's all you get, you just feel like, I just went to the buffet and I got like one shrimp. It's not good. It's not enough. Not enough. And you do think like how my life seems very boring compared to these people. Like, I mean, God bless the Kardashians. Everything has happened to them. I was one Mm -hmm. of the people who took an anti-Kardashian stance Mm -hmm. in the beginning. Like, I will not allow this into my universe. I don't want it. But you got to give them credit. I mean, my reality show would be like, "Eh, I was late for pickup today and my mouse isn't working because I forgot to plug it in. But they're like, everything happens to them. Yes. Incredible. Always something going on. I often dream of like, wouldn't it be great to have the Kardashians in your corner. Definitely the mom. Like if you get something done, I mean, the whole family rallies, like the marketing machine that they have. I think everybody who has anything in entertainment, like, God, it would be great if I had six siblings that had like big platforms promoting my things. You know, the way that they all rally around each other is pretty impressive. They're that classic people who everyone, no one seems to like them. And yet they're billionaires who are always in the media. Like they must be everybody's thing. I think people lie in the same way that people lie to me. And they're like, no, I mean, I like, I think they're fans, but they lie about it in the same way. Jimmy, people say to me, oh, I am so busy. I just can't. I'm like, first of all, you're busy. I have five kids. Okay. <laughs> and yet I know what's going on with Jason and Chriselle on Selling Sunset. So excuse me. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, I'm so busy, but I don't just, I don't really watch reality TV. And then five minutes later, it's like, but I do watch The Bachelor Selling Sunset, Bling Empire. And they like, they go through it. I'm like, I- Oh, I thought you don't. So I think that like people need or they feel this need to cover it up. But I always say, just expose it. You're going to have more fun conversations with people. Let your reality TV flag fly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like talking to moms who are like, I always have this like, oh, what is your kid reading? And people are like, well, Mitzi's reading the Odyssey right now. I'm like, no, no, no. I just want to know what she's actually reading. And that's reality TV. Like, what are you actually watching? And I feel like the prestige docuseries have given people a little bit more like the big haired lady who dies in the plane crash. What's that one called? The Way Down. 
I had that executive producer on. Amazing. Too short, though. Please tell them we need more episodes. Way too short. No, there are new episodes. The last two are, you can stream them now. Because when it ended, I was like, that was not enough. I need more. Huge. Well, what happened was the plane crash and it like halted it and everybody was eager. The network was like, we got to put these out. She just died. Are you telling me I can go on right now and watch two new episodes of the way? Oh my God, we're going to have to cut this short. I have got to go do that. <laughs> that was a great one. But I, I feel like it's given people a little bit more of an, people who want to be snobs can also be like, yeah. The way down is hardly highbrow, you know? I mean, it's definitely voyeuristic and like it's a reality show, basically. But you know what's a good one that's off the beaten path? Did you ever see the documentary on HBO Max called Class Action Park? I mean, you're talking to me. I know we know each other, <laughs> but of course I've watched Class Action Park. Class Action Park is the hardest, maybe the hardest I've ever seen my brother laugh. I had to pause it because I also grew up going to Action Park. I know, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it really was like, it was a crazy park where like every Monday kids would come in like bloody and missing teeth and you'd be like, oh, Action Park this weekend. (laughs) And so, but even if you don't know Action Park, you will die laughing at Class Action Park. Not a lot of hilarious reality shows. This one's a special niche. Let's pivot to one that just came out next week that people will like. It's called Petite Rat. So like Petite Rat. And it's on PBS. So you can like DV or direct TV or demand it. So in 1940, Fernand, this Jewish girl who was a ballerina at the Paris Opera, and she was a part of the Petite Rat. And then the Nazis invaded and her family had to go into hiding. So she made this promise to herself that when she had daughters, if she would have daughters, that she would give them the opportunity to dance ballet. And so of her two daughters, one of them became a professional ballerina. So it's all these years later and the other daughter's the director and they have these conversations with their mom about like the effect of being like a Holocaust survivor and how that impacted them along with dance. And at the end, they dance with their mom. It's really, really, really good. Oh my gosh. It's on what? PBS. PBS. Amazing. Petite Rat. All right. That sounds incredible. Well, we could certainly talk reality. I mean, we've only scratched the dimmest surface of my obsession with reality TV. But tell us where we can listen to your podcast and hear all sorts of behind the scenes. Of course. Fun things about reality TV. So really, anywhere where you listen to podcasts, you could just look for Reality Life with Kate Casey. Jump in the Facebook group, Reality Life with Kate Casey, because we talk about all the, not only just reality shows and documentaries, but like the podcasts we listen to, the books we read. It's like smart people. Twitter at Kate Casey, Instagram, Kate Casey, C-A. TikTok, it's Kate Casey. And then also I have a must watch list that I put out every week on Monday. And you can get that at katecasey.substock.com. It's free. It's in your email. That's huge for me. There's a word for it in media. It's like a obsessive consumer or something they call it. It's like a person who cannot get enough of this content. And so, yeah, you have to get this list on Monday. Set yourself up for success for the week. Yeah. And share it with your friends and your husband and your partners and your coworkers and the mailman, whomever you come in contact with. Like, I like to give people homework. So that's what you can say. Like, homework. We've got this to watch this week. Perfect. But Our Father. Watch Our Father this week. That's... Oh, Our Father. I'm putting on the top of my list. And now that I know the way down, I like can't even concentrate anymore. Now that I know it's back. Incredible. I know. Kate, thanks so much for talking to me. Thank you. Well, hey there, busy mama. 
Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.